Emmett Fox's Prayer Through Constructive Thinking. Be still. The city of God is man's consciousness. Your consciousness, which is your identity in life, is called a city in the Bible. Except the Lord keep the city, the watchman wakes but in vain. Now the consciousness in which the light of truth begins to shine, begins to shine again after an attack of fear or unhappiness, is a city purified by that holy river, and it becomes a glad city, a city of God, or good, a holy place, for the tabernacles of the Most High. God is indeed in the midst of such a city, and when God, which is to say our realization of God, is in the midst of our consciousness, then truly we shall not be moved. God is in the midst of her, she shall not be moved. God shall help her, and that right early. Here the psalmist adds one of those simple touches, expressed in the most direct and childlike language, that go straight to the heart. He says, quote, God shall help her, and that right early, end quote. This beautiful promise should remove the last traces of fear and doubt that may linger in the dark corners of the soul. The metrical rhythm of the poem is preserved by a reiteration of the general theme in the next verse. The heathen raged, the kingdoms were moved, he utters his voice, the earth melted. The heathen, needless to say, means your own wrong thoughts, those fears, doubts, self-reproaches, and shortcomings of every kind that come between you and your realization of God, the heathen forces that attack the holy city of your soul, sometimes lay siege to it for days and weeks, and sometimes even capture and occupy it for a time. Only for a time, however, if you hold steadfastly to God by constant prayer, for sooner or later, as surely as God lives, the kingdom of error shall be moved. He will utter his voice through your prayers and affirmations, and your salvation will come. The third and last stanza of our treatment is an exercise of thanksgiving and praise. These Bible treatments are constructed 
with the utmost care and in the most scientific way. Usually, though, not always, for there must be no hard and fast rules in prayer. They begin with an affirmation of faith in God. Then they analyze fear and worry, showing that God has no part in such things and that we, therefore, need not fear them. They go on to remind us of the love and power and wisdom of God and of our ability as the children of God to call upon his power in any kind of danger or trouble. They make these truths vivid to us with unexcelled literary skill, using the truths vivid to us with unexcelled literary skill, using the most diverse images and examples to that end. And then they commonly finish as prayer nearly always should with a song of praise and thanksgiving. Now the psalmist makes us say, The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. This destroys the feeling of God being afar off. The Lord of hosts is the title for God that stresses his great power and might. It is the omnipotent aspect of God. We should say technically that it is so. So here we declare that omnipotence is with us and working through us, and he carefully adds that it is also the God of Jacob. Now Jacob stands for the soul that is not yet redeemed, the soul still struggling in difficulty and conscious imperfection. Israel, the Prince of God, is the soul that has realized its divine nature. But Jacob is still in the midst of his troubles. So the psalmist here reminds us that God is the great power, the Lord of hosts, for Jacob just as well as for Israel. Come behold the works of the Lord. What desolations he hath made in the earth. He maketh wars to cease, Unto the end of the earth he breaketh the bow and cutteth the spear asunder. He burneth the chariot in the fire. Here he continues with thanksgiving, saying, in effect, Let us consider the power and the glory of this God, who is always with us, how his action in prayer transform our conditions and makes desolate or destroys our troubles and worries. How he makes the wars, a splendid name for that worrying and stewing in misery, 
that blights the lives of so many people to cease in every part of our consciousness. How he disarms all the things of which we are afraid, not just putting them out of the way for the time being, but absolutely destroying any power they ever had. But absolutely destroying any power they ever had. When you captured an enemy regiment in those days, smashed their bows and their spears and burned their chariots, you had put them out of action pretty completely. That regiment could never trouble you again. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. This really is probably the most wonderful phrase in the whole Bible. It really is the whole Bible in a nutshell. Be still and know that I am God. This is just the very last thing that we want to do when we are worried or anxious. The current of human thought that Paul caused the carnal mind is hurrying us along to its own ends, and it seems much easier to swim with it by accepting difficulties, by rehearsing grievances, by dwelling upon symptoms, than to draw resolutely away in thought from these things and contemplate God, which is the one way out of trouble. Train yourself to rise above this hurrying tide of error. Error is always hurried. To sweep you off your feet is its master strategy and turning your back upon conditions, however bad they may seem. Be still, and know that I am God. Even in your prayers, there is a time for vigorous treatment, and there is also a time to cease active work, and having done all, to stand, to be still and know that I am God. This, of course, does not mean merely doing nothing or going away to concern oneself with some secular thing such as reading a novel or a newspaper. It is being still to know that God is God. Such stillness is the reverse of laziness or inaction. The still dwelling upon God is the quietest, but the most potent action of all. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Here again, 
metrical symmetry obliges the poet to close his wonderful poem with a repetition of the general theme. Spirituality too, it is a most powerful and effective ending to our prayer. The God of power who helps weak and frail mortals in the day of trouble is working through us and so all will be well. Note, the word Salah is not part of the poem itself but a stage direction to the temple musicians who chanted the Psalms as part of a liturgy. This is the end of Power Through Constructive Thinking, Be Still, Part 2.